Amen, amen. I'll cut a little illustration and then we're going to receive communion. I want to welcome all of our Facebook, Facebook, those online. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. God bless you, all of you in Facebook land. Um, and can we bring the slide to the second of the last one, which would be Matthew 22. If you can pull that up on that, Matthew 22, 9 and 10. So I don't know why that's doing that, but there we go. So uh, this is a verse here. I just want to give an illustration of the word imputed righteousness. And the scripture says, I'm just going to read quite a few of the verses to get on the point. It says, and Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a, a wedding feast for his son. And he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves and have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and they went off. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. Interesting. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But then when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness in the place where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Interesting passage here just before we receive communion talking about righteousness and how it was in, has been imputed to the believer. Has, God has attributed us righteous. Um, I thought about this wedding garment and... It really is actually, it's our faith. It's salvation in our life. And kind of look that up. It's uh, <clears throat> putting on, actually, it means the new man. Uh, being made a new creation. And so there's a picture in this uh, parable that Jesus is sharing about everyone that's invited to the wedding must have a wedding garment. How may see that say amen? And then it goes on. It says, and when he didn't, and he shows up this one guy, it says he was speechless. You know, some people feel that when they get to heaven and the things they don't understand about God, what's happened in this life, bad things, that they're going to tell God off. Uh, no, you're not. You will be, I will be speechless. And I looked that up and I was like, what do you mean? It's just like without excuse is what that means. Or to put to silence. It actually has the connotation to gag, to gag someone. In other words, the root of it is to be self-condemned. The evidence will be overwhelming in that moment where whether you accepted Christ in this life and received his gift, free gift of salvation and you made a decision, a conscious decision to receive Christ or not. And if not, the evidence will be overwhelming. You'll be speechless. Wow. 
So in this parable of the wedding banquet, guests are invited to for the celebration from all across, street corner, everywhere they're brought in. It says the bad as well as the good. Some of us come to Christ and thought we were pretty good. <laughs> when we realize and recognize that we're all sinners, for all have fallen short. Can I get an amen? All of us. But it says the bad and the good. And here's the thing. The guests, they all have something in common. They are given a wedding garment. They're not to wear their filthy rags from the street to the banquet hall, but they are to put on that garment that the king provided for them, to be dressed in that garment that the king provided. And so as we just read, someone tried to sneak in. That didn't work. No one will be able to sneak into heaven. The way to heaven is through Jesus Christ now here on earth. Can I get an amen? That's it. No ifs, ands, and buts. No other roads that lead to Rome. And that's it. It's Christ alone. Can you see the importance of missions? Can you see the importance of spreading the gospel, sharing our faith? Can I get an amen? So, so this is actually a beautiful picture of imputation. That's actually a big word. It just means God imputing, attributing us righteous, as righteous. We've been talking about that as we started last week. So as guests in God's house, we all have been given, as believers, pure white robes of Christ's righteousness. Can you say amen? And how do we receive it? Not by good things we have done. Not by something that maybe, well, I've had a good last few months. Or some of you, maybe it's a good last few days. Or for even some of you, a good last few hours. Amen? Uh, it's because of what Christ writes is that gift of grace. Romans 10, 9 says, For by grace that we are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Righteousness. So we understand, this is important, that God has freely imparted righteousness to you. You know what happens? A great amount of confidence begins to rise in your soul. Confidence in your well-being, in your life. An attitude of righteousness imparts confidence, self-assurance, boldness. Somebody shout boldness. It actually imparts tremendous ability that you'll actually be able to step into and do things you didn't think you would ever be able to do because of God's righteousness on your life. That's powerful. Today, we're learning that God has clothed us, especially through this parable here, with a beautiful, bright, and shining piece of armor, the breastplate of righteousness. You know, Psalm 37, 17 says this. Can we jump to the last slide there? This is the last one. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I apologize. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. We just saw, heard an illustration here of how God upheld the righteous. That means the righteous, watch this, will outlast any attack that comes against them. They say, well, what pastor? What if, you know, you know, they died and, and, and they didn't make it and, and you know, and, and they were attacked. And hey, listen, you as a Christian will live forever. <laughs> and see, I want you to think, just fast forward right now from this moment now, this moment, 10,000 years from now. Your present troubles, come on, are like a fleck of dust. Now let's fast forward a billion years. How about a trillion how about a zillion? How is this moment in our present situation 
But what matters is if we have that robe of righteousness on. Amen. That will shine brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen. And so that, uh, that brightness as we walk in righteousness, as we said last week, it, it, that metal rubbing together shines brighter and brighter. And that's the righteousness of God. We need to walk in that. That righteousness causes us to be noticeable. And the enemy notices that. Did you hear me? I said the enemy notices that. You know, I've been in situations and just showing up and sometimes even sitting next to somebody, whatever, and, you know, not in church, but, you know, out and being. And, and sometimes that people just get, sometimes they're uncomfortable. That's like there's something going on in their life and, and they recognize and know, you know, the spirit realm is real. And, and, and darkness senses light and light sure shines in the darkness. Can I get an amen? You are God's pillars of light in brightness. Can you say amen? But, and, and, and Lord willing, next week maybe we'll get into this, but I have a little illustration here. Thank you, uh, Usher, or Andy, security, uh, no, excuse me, I'm sorry, Larry, for bringing this. Larry brought this in for me. This is our shredder in the church. Uh, so you wonder what in the world is this guy doing? So, uh, little illustration here. How many own a shredder? Gotta have it. <clears throat> it's important. Some of them work, most of them don't. <laughs> get stuck. And I wanted you to think about here as we're ready to receive communion here in a moment, but talking about righteousness, that, that we need to put that robe of righteousness on and we're going to walk in it. And the problem that many of us experience is that, that we understand that when we come to Christ, our sins are washed away. Can I get an amen? It's sinning after Christ. It's when we stumble and fall. And am I speaking to anybody? When we make mistakes, when we deliberately disobey, not, well, that caught me blindsided, okay. No, when we deliberately, you know, we know about the heart that it's utterly wicked, the scripture says, right? Come on. But see, our spirit man, our spirit woman in Christ is recreated. It's a new, he puts part of his spirit within us. The problem is condemnation. The problem is not recognizing, understanding that I just wrote on here, sin, and you could kind of add in this, anything nasty and bad you know is wrong, but you don't want anyone to find out. Come on, somebody. Amen? And, and, and what happens is, is you know, we, we, we carry that with us. In, in uh, the robe of righteousness, what that does is that, that takes that. Come on, somebody. Amen? And if this is actually working pretty good, look at that. That's our sin, amen? That God shreds it. But oh, here's the thing. Hold on, hold on. What do we do? Oh my gosh. Oh no. How do I? Oh wow. This is what we do. Jesus, I know I shouldn't have done. Come on, somebody. I know I shouldn't have done that. How can I piss put, put this back together? I tried one time. This one you cannot. <laughs> uh, sorry, cleaning ladies. How, how, how do I, I? How could I do something like that? What? I know better. It's been shredded. Come on, somebody. It's under the blood. It's why it's not covered. It's not covered. It's buried. Buried. If I can speak here today, buried in the bottom of the sea. Amen cast over, never to be remembered no more. Friends, if God has washed you clean and you're a believer in Christ Jesus, and even if you stumble and fall 
and you listen to the Spirit of God and you repent and you ask God to forgive you, you know what? You're washed, you're cleansed, you're a new creation. Amen? And he's like, well, you know, what if I die in that moment of sin? Well, we don't want to be in that state, but I know that his grace and his blood covers us and it washes us clean. But when we recognize you, no, just, just ask God to forgive you. Just say, Lord, I repent. I confess that it's sin. And I just reunite myself. Stop digging in to the shredder and bringing up, dredging the past. Can I get an amen? amen. Of things that are washed and cleansed in your life. Because if Jesus doesn't remember your sin, neither should you. Amen? Yes. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. We thank you. Us as you can come forward and prepare for, for communion. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please, here this morning. <clears throat> thank you. The Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord upholds the righteous. I bind right now in Jesus' name all condemnation in Jesus' name where the enemy has come in and beat you up for things that have been repented and forgiven. See, man may not forgive you, but God does when you repent. And so I'm not negating consequences of things we do. I mean, God forbid you go out and rob a bank. Hey, listen, God will forgive you, but you're going to jail. <laughs> okay? There is laws of justice here. But I'm talking to the believer now overwhelmed with condemnation and guilt and also talking to those of you that never even taken that first step you're carrying all that heavy weight of paper in your life of all the things marked on your soul before it's shredded that's why you don't have joy that's why you don't have that cleansing feeling that sense of forgiveness that's why you don't have that assurance of salvation that man i hope i make it when i die i hope i make it no you can have assurance if you don't have that you've possibly never taken the first step you may believe in the big guy upstairs but you've never been born again you say, what do you mean pastor you've never surrendered your life to christ so i'm talking to you right now sir ma'am young person if that's you with every head bowed you can make that right. You can begin afresh and anew by receiving Christ in your life. So how do I do that? I thought I always was. No. You, by an act of your will, surrender and give your life to Christ. And then you welcome him into your life. It's called conversion. Conversion. That's you. And you say, Pastor, I've, ne I've never really done that. I've never surrendered my life. I've been carrying around all this mess. I just, I want it shredded. I want it out. I want it gone. If that's you, you can pray this simple prayer. It's a very powerful prayer. And God is listening in on this prayer right here. And it's this. If that's you, join in. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Jesus. I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. And he is here. He's come into your life. And his spirit has come into your spirit, man or woman. And part of his nature has just gone in you. And you know what? 
you just received a robe of righteousness. Amen. We want to help you along the way in your faith journey. Amen.